0: Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. If you've got a Bible, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We are in week 2 today of a new series that we've been launching into entitled The Secret Source of Solomon. And uh, I've been enjoying the series I hope you have. We learned last week that Solomon's secret source was not that he was wise. We learned we learned that he didn't start his life Solomon with exceptional wisdom. We discovered in yesterday, last week's message, that Solomon was never known as a genius kid. It wasn't like he aced every test. He wasn't, you know, the top of his class environment. But we learned that in an environment where God said to Solomon, you can ask me for anything, Solomon chose to ask God for wisdom. And we learned that God has promised to give wisdom to every single one of us Whoever asks him for wisdom and he said, man, I'm going to give generously wisdom to all who ask for it. Without finding fault. So there's nobody here in this talk or this series that should be saying to themselves, Well, because of my life or where I've come from, the mistakes that I have made, or the person that I am, that somehow I'm disqualified from receiving wisdom from God. Quite the opposite. God said, I would give wisdom to everyone who asks for it generously. In other words, more wisdom than you ever ask God for, He's going to give it to you, and He's going to do so without finding fault. And what I loved about last week was we discovered a four-word prayer, a four-word prayer that I believe has the power to literally change our lives. I'm telling you guys, it's better than a superfood salad. This four-word prayer can revolutionize your future, and that four-word prayer is God give me wisdom. Could you say it out loud with me this morning? Say, God give wisdom me wisdom. Say it one more time. God give me wisdom. God will answer that prayer every time that we pray. Now this week, I've got a new question for you. Have you ever noticed that some people just seem to have a lot more wisdom than you? Anybody ever found themselves in an environment where they're mixing with people, doing something, going about their affairs of their life, and you suddenly look at someone and you're like, man, you are so much better at this than I am. Anybody ever been there? Met somebody who's like better with their money than you are, better with choosing food than you are, better at relationships than you are. I'm always annoyed when people seem better at raising their kids than I am. Better at navigating careers than I am. And it's easy in life to find ourselves confronted with people who just seem to be a lot better at whatever we're looking at than we are. Anybody ever been there? Now, in my life, I've tried to make it a habit in my life to try and put myself in environments where I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I just find it gives me tremendous value instead to aim to try and be the dumbest guy in the room, to seek out spaces and people who are smarter, hey, who are wiser in life than I am, because when I get around those kind of environments or with those types of people, that's what's gonna help me to grow. I wanna, I wanna breathe oxygen in spaces more lofty than I'm used to breathing in. I wanna get with great minds and smart people. And while this is helpful, it also has a challenging aspect because when you start hanging around, not with the same people or the same environments that you've always been in, but you intentionally Put yourself in environments where people are doing better than you are in that arena of life, it normally leads us to say, man, there is a deficiency in me. It awakens a feeling of insecurity, perhaps, or feeling uncomfortable, or like this is not the space that I'm supposed to be in. Has anybody ever been in that kind of environment? Man, I'll tell you what, I've never felt more like that on a consistent basis in my life than I did in the first few years of Arise. Because up until we'd started, I was 29 years old when we began the church. And up until that point, I'd always been a youth pastor. So I was used to teenage dramas. So I was, I was quite affini- affiniated with those kind of things, which is really, there's only about five of them, but you know, and, and I, would, I, I knew how to you know, work those issues through with people. I'd done training, been to courses. I, and suddenly I became a senior pastor. And when I became a senior pastor, to my absolute surprise, adults started to attend the church. And with them, you know, came a complexity of different people. I mean, we got, suddenly I'm mixing with people who have actually got a degree, people who are like managing companies, parents who've got real children, you know, like... (laughs) Um, all these myriad of issues. And it was new for me sitting down with these kinds of people. and, And I often found myself feeling totally out of my depth. And if I can be honest, say, man, when it comes to finances, when it comes to running a company, when it comes to strategic thinking, when it comes to parenting, which I'd yet to do, you are so much better at that than me, And which was great for me. It was really good because it made me challenge my ignorance, challenge my complacency. It made me realize how much I needed to grow in wisdom. Grow in wisdom. Anybody ever felt like that? My eyes were opened to the fact that I wasn't living as wisely as I could. And you know what, guys, as we're on this labor weekend and just having this opportunity to think about our lives, I think today, this sermon is very appropriate for a holiday weekend as we start to realize that one of the best and most growth-enabling things that can ever happen to us in life is the realization, it's simple, I'm not living as wisely as I could. I could do better. I could improve. And that is, my friends, actually the beginning of a journey that's gonna lead us to a greater and more wise life. You know, when we think about education in our world today, I've been having so many conversations with people in education. And whether it is in universities or whether it's in schools, people are struggling to work out what education is going to look like. People are trying to, educators are trying to discover their role in an ever-changing world. Why? Because information has never been more available than it is today. I mean, when I think about my own kids, my son Will doesn't watch television programs, never does. All of his media time, and this is gaming, is gonna be spent on tutorial videos. Anybody got a kid like this? I mean, boys don't watch shows. They watch YouTube channels on either how to play the game they're interested in. Will's fascinated by going back to primeval days and learning how to make things out of clay and survive without any tools. He just loves this stuff. And our challenge in our information age is not that we don't have information. Our challenge is that we don't apply the information that we have. We make decisions all the time. Everybody here is living a life right now, and we've got access to a whole lot of information to live that life, the challenges that, in the midst of all the information available and the life that we're living, we're making decisions, and the challenges that often we're not making good decisions. I mean, both in the macro and the micro, the big decisions of our lives and in the small decisions, we often find ourselves admitting, I'm not living as wisely as I could when we reflect on it. I mean, think about food. If we walk out of the service today and someone offers you one plate and it's a salad with lean meat, another plate, and it's got a hamburger with fries, let's be honest, still in our modern age with all of our information and all of our, 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 even though we've got what the health and the sugar film, people are still going to nine times out of 10 choose the hamburger over the lean meat, right? Isn't this true? we are got to admit, we're just not living as wisely as we could. If it's an apple or a, a, a fries with our McDonald's Happy Meal, you know, everybody wants the fries and not the apple, whether it's fizzy drink or water. When we think about our salary, we get paid our salary and we're like, well, we could shop or we could save. And so many people choose sh- shopping over saving. When it comes to our time, we could give it to exercise or entertainment. When it comes to our relationships, we could choose gratitude or presumption, investment or neglect. But so often, we all, uh, come on, anybody, don't look like I'm preaching to, oh no, John, I've never done this. That's for other lowly people, not not me. I'm so wise. No, no, no. Everybody out there probably today has got at least one, if not all, of these areas where we're forced to admit we're just not living as wisely as we could, right? We have access to information, but we aren't applying it to our daily lives. Nobody ever ended up with type 2 diabetes from their diet because they set out in life saying, that's my goal. Nobody ever set out saying, I would like to end up in massive credit card debt by just spending, spending, spending. Nobody ever said that. Nobody ever said, you know, I've got married taking these vows, but really I just want to live in a loveless, angry home. Nobody ever said that. But the truth is, even though we don't set out to make that our destination and we've got all this information that's available to us, our problem is that we live our lives unwisely, right? Is this true? We don't do the wise thing. Too often in our lives, we choose bitterness over forgiveness, anger or rage over self-control. We, so, we choose spending instead of saving. If we want to put it another way, we're just living our lives and we're living without thinking. We're just doing stuff, right? If we sat back and we thought about it a little more, we wouldn't do what we often do right now. But the truth is, we don't do often in our lives what is the wise thing to do. Now, I love the book of Ephesians. This is the most amazing book. I've, I've long been a fan of this book. And the book of Ephesians begins for us in Ephesians 1 with the most awesome prayer of like thanksgiving and praise. Praise be to God who is awesome, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it begins to talk about how blessed we are because of the God that we worship. Then the book kind of continues down and it quickly spirals into a prayer where in Ephesians 1, 17, he starts saying, man, I pray that your eyes may be enlightened so that you can know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, basically how much God cares about you, how many awesome things that God has gotten in store for you. The book just continues to build. By Ephesians three and eighteen, he's saying, "Man, I pray that you may have the ability to even understand how great." God's love is for each and every one of you the whole book is just building 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 like God's God's amazing you're amazing God wants you to be awakened to see how awesome the life that he has is for you and then he's like man it's just so hard to even understand the awesome life that God's got for you let's make a starting point could you at least understand how awesome the love of God is that's available for you When he kind of rounds out Ephesians chapter 3 and moves into the fourth chapter, he begins to talk about our lives in light of the amazing blessing and future that God's trying to navigate our lives into. And then he says, man, in chapter 4, I pray that you may live a life worthy of the calling That you have. And then he begins to break it down. He's right. okay, if you're going to achieve the life that God's got for you, be humble, be gentle. Let God renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Stop telling lies. Don't use foul language. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. In other words, God's saying, man, your life is supposed to be amazing. Your life is supposed to be amazing. Now, let's take a good hard look at all the unwise things we're doing in face of the wisdom that is available, the blessing that is available to us if we would only comply with it. This is making sense so us. Then in Ephesians chapter 5, it gives to us an amazing nug- nugget that highlights for us the gap between our knowledge and our lives. The life that God has for us and the way that we're living now. I mean, if you read it in the build, he's saying, man, may you just praise be to God because he is just so amazing and he has blesses people so abundantly. My prayer is that you'd understand how awesomely blessed you are. Man, I pray that you just realize that God has seated Christ in the heavenly places, that now it doesn't really matter what comes against you in your life. God's always on your side. I pray that you just understand how awesome this. He's like saying, man, don't live small. Don't live stupid. Live big. God is amazing. God's got this great life for you. Your life has no limits. You are loved. You are special. God is awesome. Then in Ephesians 4, he's like, well, in light of that, let's talk about the way we're living now. And let's get rid of the folly. The folly that is preventing us from accessing the full plan that God's got for us. Then in Ephesians chapter 5, it gives to us a nugget beginning in verse 15 that is just a three-sentence nugget. That in three sentences, we get something so simple yet so rich. I thought about this phrase, it's like bistro food. It's like, it's, 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 it's simplicity is its complexity. And in these three verses, let's break it down. He says, firstly, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand What the Lord wants you to do. An amazing phrase. Firstly, it begins by saying, be careful how you live. Why? Because we got a lot of information that we have available to us. Yet at the moment, we are often confronted with the fact that there is a gap between our current level of living and the wisdom that we should be applying to the way that we live. Be very careful how you live. And then he goes on and he says, don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Okay, you with me so far? Don't live like a fool, live like somebody who is wise. And then the next phrase you would assume is an application point of that comparison. If he's setting it up by saying, man, be careful how you live and make sure That in the way that you live, you don't live like a fool, but you live like the wise. You would assume that the next sentence is a key that unlocks the door to not living a foolish life, but living a wise one, right? And this is the next sentence. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, when we read that in English, you can easily miss the text or the content of what is really trying to be applied to our lives because the Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. And this sentence, whilst it is so inspirational for us in English, when we start to dive behind it and really check out what's in this phrase, I promise you it's about to awaken the potential of your life. Are you ready for that? It literally says that we should make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Now, when it says make the most of, that literally means to redeem, or if you want a kind of a a less churchy word for that, to buy back. So you've sold something that you shouldn't have sold, given away something that you shouldn't have given away, so you go out there and you take what has been wasted that you should never have given up on, and you bring it back. Make the most of. The next word is translated opportunity. Now, the, the Greeks the Greeks had different words that they used for time. They separated the chronology of time, in other words, like seconds, minutes, hours, from the specificities of time. And they created this word called kairos. Now, kairos is accurately translated opportunity, but it's speaking of an allocation of time. Is this making sense? The Bible is literally saying that if we want to not be foolish but be wise, we have to buy back certain moments that are going to happen in our days because if we can buy back those certain moments, then we're going to live differently to the foolish way that we've been living even though we've had all this access to the potential to be wise. And then it finishes it out by saying in these days, Evil days. Now, when it says the word Days here, it's speaking about the differences, it's, you know, it's contrasting. There are specific moments, and then there's just the general life that you're living. And speaking about the general life that we're living, it, it's translated here the word evil, but the word evil is speaking about something that is not God's will. And so it's speaking here could be accurately translated a life that is full of labors or annoyances or hardships. Is there anybody out there who just sometimes feels like they're working really hard, trying to make life work, make jobs work, make marriages work, make parenting work, make their own health work, get some sleep in the middle of all of that big discovery? Well, the Bible is saying, if you don't want to be a fool, if you want to be wise, then we have got to do something different in the middle of this full of challenging life that we are living. It's saying, man, we've got to realize that in the middle of this full-on life that we're living, that there are plenty of moments when we could do something that is either stupid or wise. The way that I choose wisdom instead of folly is when I make the most of, when I buy back, when I buy back those opportunities, those little moments that happen for me in every day. Hey, if we want to get this real clear, let's put it like this. I have to realize that wisdom or folly is not a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but a many times-in-every-day opportunity. Doesn't that change things? Because when we realize that it's not about just one-off, Solomon is wise, and he was wise, and I'm not, and he passed school certificate, and I didn't, or NCEA, you know, and I didn't. He went to university, and I didn't. It's not about saying that wisdom is not unattainable to any person. But what wisdom requires of each and every one of us is that I find, to find wisdom, I have to live thoughtfully, carefully, and Intentionally, that's what that's what it means to find wisdom. Let me give an example. Uh, in in uh, at a rise comp in July of this year, I weighed 0.3 of a kilogram, 300 grams more than I did the day I married Jillian 21 years ago. Now, rolling out of a RISE conference, from that moment until this, I have had a life that has been full of labors. I've been working real hard. I've had a heavy schedule. There's been lots of ch- I'm excusing what I'm about to tell you is what I'm doing. I'm building this up so that you will empathize me. I, I've been working hard. And so in the middle of all of that hard work, people will put food in front of me. And rather than, rather than, I blame them. It's definitely other people's fault. Rather than thinking about what I'm gonna eat, I've been just, you know, I've been just eating that food because it feels good, right, you know, and I'm, I'm hardworking, and I, I, I want the, f- so I eat it, not realizing that it was not going to help. It's going to have a negative impact on my health and on my figure, and now at the end of October, I weigh five kilograms more than I did on the day that I married Jillian, and I didn't do what was best. I didn't do What was smart, I was in a moment, and even though I had the ability to choose a better decision, set of decisions than the decisions I made, I chose folly instead of wisdom, of wisdom. And if you and I, if we want wisdom in our lives, then firstly, the one thing that we learned last week, and I hope it's just clear for everybody, is that Solomon was not wise because he was born with wisdom. Solomon was wise because he asked God for wisdom. And the second thing I want you to know today is that if we want to live wisely, choose wisely, then we need to stop allowing ourselves to act and to live without thinking. We need to start doing this as we're going through our days that we've already acknowledged represents for us many, many opportunities to either choose wisely. Wisdom is not a once in a lifetime thing. It's a many times in the same day thing. So if I want wisdom, if I want to buy back the opportunities because the days are evil, if I want to live a better life than the life that I'm living right now, that comes back to me approaching more and more situations with this question. Are you ready? What is the wise thing for me to do? What is the wise thing for me to do? Wisdom isn't knowledge. We all know that. Wisdom is the way we apply knowledge. In our age, where knowledge is literally everywhere, but at the same time, we are stressed, we are busy, we've been doing life, we're frustrated, we're tired, and as a result, living on autopilot with deeply ingrained patterns of behavior that come from the people we grew up with, the things that we are used to, what we've found comforting for us, and the background that we've had to find wisdom We have to make a conscious decision, not just to go along with an evil day, a stressed life. We have to make a decision to buy back moments within our days. We have to stop and ask ourselves this one very simple, hugely empowering question. What is the wise thing for me to do? See, maybe out there this morning, you're saying, John, I really struggle with managing my money. I get paid, the money is in my account, but immediately I'm aware of 10 things I'd like to spend it on normally without any plan. I'm off, I'm having dinner with my friends, buying new clothes, online purchases. I've got good news for you today. You can find wisdom. That is not your future. That might have been your life, but you can find wisdom. And the way you can find wisdom is really simple. When the money hits your bank account, Don't live without thinking. Stop. Stop. We can find wisdom when we buy back that moment of payday. When we decide, rather than going headlong into it, we're going to ask ourselves a better question. With this money that has now hit my bank account, what is the wise thing for me to do? Could you say it with me? What is the wise thing for me to do? The wise thing for me to do would be to pay my bills. The wise thing for me to do would be to get to a finance based, finance course life group where I can learn how to manage my money with a group of other people who can be supportive of the condition that I'm in. When, when, maybe. You've got a marriage out there that's just full of arguments. One person fires up, then another person is willing to meet them there. And the truth is, guys, nobody has ever been blessed by an argumentative marriage. Nobody ever set out like, yeah, I'm saying I do so that I can spend the next 40 years fighting with you. Nobody wants that. But the truth is that both parties to that that angry marriage have got to admit that there is a degree of folly in us. And we've got to ask ourselves a new question when the marriage is heading towards the argument. What is the wise thing for me to do? Because I could try instead of defending and accusing, praising and empathizing. I could move from, uh, you know, it always being you and you never to man, you are so amazing. You carry so much weight. I understand that you didn't, you know, in the family I'm talking about, uh, not. (laughs) I'm sensitive today. Uh, you know, some, you, you do so much for this family. Um, you know, you're, you're such a blessing. Rather than just thinking about you know, how, we can, how we can fire up or respond, how we can sow some new seeds that are going to take us to a. Maybe, like me, you've been struggling to eat food that will give you life, health, and well being. Well, when you're confronted with a burger or a chicken salad, maybe it's time for you and me to both ask ourselves the question, what is the wise thing for me to do? See, here is the last phrase of our passage this morning. Be careful how you live. Don't live like a fool, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Here's our last verse, verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to get your life back on track with a progressive question. Okay, I'm awake now. What is the wise thing for me to do? Instagram or the Bible? Like, when I've got that spare time, is it better for entertainment or exercise? What is the wise thing for me to do? When I could choose envy or gratitude... What is the wise thing for me to do? See, when, when our flesh rises, when our, when, our, when our feelings of like self are asserting itself, we don't want to ask that decision. And so we waste times in our lives. I'm using we because I'm assuming that I'm not the only one. But the way that you and I can get a better life than the life that we're living now, come on, are you guys with me? Is to change from just saying, Well, I'm gonna strike first, get for me, spend the money, do this thing, don't wanna sit down and confront the realities. When we just start saying, Man, I'm gonna be careful, I'm gonna redeem, I'm gonna buy back some moments in this stressed out life that I've got, got a wonderful day ahead tomorrow, I'm gonna ask myself, I'm gonna live thoughtfully, I'm gonna think about my life, and I'm gonna ask for the weeks that I've got left in 2017, for the days that I have left on this planet, for the money that is remaining in my bank account, what is the wise thing for me to do? Come on, is this helping anybody today? The person who you know that is good with money and you're saying they're better at this than me, I've got good news for you. You can have the same wisdom too. The person whose marriage is so much better than yours, Well, let's break it down more, obviously. The person who seems to be doing so much better at raising their kids than you. (laughs) Theirs look like angels, but yours look like demons. The truth is, friends. (laughs) Come on. And we all feel like that about our own children, right? We can get more wisdom. What is the wise thing for me to do? Hey, um, by, by just starting to ask that question today, we could change our lives. In Proverbs 26 verse 11, the Bible says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool is seen by the fact that he returns to his folly. So it's not the fact that we've been foolish that makes us fools. It's not realizing in a moment I could have done better. So now moving forward, reflecting and planning, what is the wise thing for me to do? Wisdom is not something that certain people have. It is something in which we can all grow. And when we grow in wisdom, then we're growing more into the will of God. As the band in every campus come up and join me, let me just give it, you the question one more time. Let's try and aim that as we finish with this question, everybody's got an area, a specific area of their lives that this needs to be thought about and planned for. What is the wise thing for me do with my relationships, with my health, with my time. Anybody out there saying, I could get wiser than I am today. I could apply wisdom, knowledge better to the life that I'm living. Come on, if that's you, put your hand up. Yeah, lots of hands. Well, why don't we stand our feet together in every location. We're going to pray together. And let me just pray over you today that we would find a greater degree of wisdom by just stopping and asking the question, what is the wise thing for me to do has this helped anybody today? come on let's close our eyes let's pray together Father we want to thank you that you are the God who promised never to leave us in what we're facing that God has always got so much more for us you're on our side and I pray Lord God that you would awaken us to understand the life that you have ahead for us I pray for people out there I pray for our finances I pray for our friendships I pray for our health I pray for our decision-making, pray for our relationships. Would you help us? Maybe a marriage today looks like it's about to end. Would you speak to a husband, speak to a wife, show them what is the wise thing for me to do? In humility, we come to you today, Lord, acknowledging that you are the source of wisdom. We're choosing to live thoughtfully, carefully and acknowledging that you have got wisdom for every single one of us come on if you believe that could you give the lord some praise all over this place in jesus mighty name amen amen if you would like to find out more about arise church and pastor john cameron visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on instagram at arisechurch and at john